Welcome to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series, where throughout the world's greatest show at Expo 2020 Dubai, we'll be celebrating the best of the UK's creativity, innovation and culture, with special guests offering exclusive insight into ways we can innovate for a shared future. In this episode, host Chloe Thomas talks to Chris Sheldrick, co-founder and CEO of What Three Words, the navigational app that gives every metre square on the planet a unique combination of three words, making it very easy to find. The pair discuss the app's genesis, success, and then explore the numerous ways What Three Words is being used by companies, organisations, and individuals around the world. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Future Focus UK at Expo podcast with me, Chloe Thomas, host of the multi-award winning e-commerce master plan podcast. Today, we are joined by Chris Sheldrick, CEO and founder at What Three Words. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Chloe. Very nice to be here. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Let's start with the big question, which is what on earth led you to create What Three Words? Well, I was actually working in the music business for 10 years and um, everywhere we, we went, we were always having to do gigs in kind of, you know, stadiums and halfway up uh, mountainsides, all sorts of places around the world. And I found that the address basically never pointed us to the right place that anyone actually needed to arrive. You know, if you try and find gate L42 at the back of a stadium, you can't type that into anything and you're kind of flailing around with directions and maybe a, a map if you're lucky. After 10 years of that, it just kind of struck me, this this really isn't the right way to do things. And um, I tried to enforce the use of latitude and longitude onto the London uh, music business and failed. I was like, guys, you know, just type in this eight-digit number for latitude and the same for longitude. And people just really didn't want to do it. Uh, and so I, I then had this idea, and I spoke to my friend Mohan, I was like, how can we compress latitude and longitude into something which is easy enough for people to use um, in everyday life? And we sort of played around with some ideas and found that there were enough combinations of three words from the dictionary, so something like table, chair, spoon, that you could uniquely name every three meter square in the world with just three words. And it just felt like this very elegant concept because when we were thinking about it, we thought, well, if we had to use four words or five words, kind of complicated and you're back to where you started with the big long code. But with three words, it just felt easy enough that anybody in the world from a child to a grandparent could get their heads around it. And so we set about making it and that's what what three words is. It's kind of amazing that no one had previously made it. You know, in in retrospect, like, well, this is just such an obviously useful, brilliant service. How did it not happen before? It's funny, on the day that we had the idea, the same idea went through my mind, but I was also sort of torn between that and this other idea of, it is a bit random having three random words, uh, you know, table, tulips, cryogenic, or, or whatever it is. And I was sort of torn between thinking, well, maybe that's why no one's done it before, because it is kind of odd having these three random words. But either way, just thinking, but look, it's so simple and so precise that, yeah, if no one has, then maybe it could and should be us. And I, I remember this sort of palpable feeling of of excitement to kind of go and get started on it. I can imagine that. And it's it's kind of amazing all the different ways in which people are now using what three words, because 
whilst I'm sure it's been incredibly useful and was in its in its beginning to help you you know help people find the right entrance to to the back of venues there's so many uses now going on with it around the world where it really is solving some pretty huge problems are there any particular ones um you'd like to share well i think one which has become very well known in the last couple of years certainly here in the uk is for the emergency services. And it's actually not one that we really foresaw at the beginning of What Three Words, because sharing your current location is is generally served well by by you know dropping pins and things with specific applications. But when you are calling the emergency line, um, it's it's a cell phone call. And contrary to popular belief, it's actually much harder for them to get your location um, than than you think. And sometimes it's not possible at all. And it's a bit of a lottery, I suppose, of what network you're on and and what tech they have on the other side. So the fact that people can now, when you're in an emergency, if you're in the middle of nowhere, by saying our, our three words, get help where they need it very, very quickly, has been this kind of amazingly powerful use case that, yeah, we, we didn't really envisage being being so popular. But it's brilliant to see that police, fire, ambulance, even Coast Guard, air ambulance, all of them are embracing it, using it um, on a daily basis. Now, now over 85% of the UK um, forces up and down the country use it. And this has now gone international as well. Australia, Germany, Canada, USA um, services, they're using it. So that I think has got a really powerful connection with everyone in, in the company here who's kind of built that. But then also one of the things about an address system, I think, is the fact that it it's just so many use cases. We almost forget how often we use an address when we go to meet someone um, for a work meeting or when we go to someone's house for a party or if you're just going to try and find the car park because you want to go for a day out. And sometimes it's the most like mundane use cases that make us the happiest. You know, think Things like seeing the car park of the Lake District, have it on the website, feels great because it's exactly the kind of thing where everyone tears their hair out going, hang on, is it over here or down here? And But then what I think makes What Three Words into a standard is the fact that it's not just our app and our website, which is how you access it. It's being able to access it in other people's products that make it kind of come alive. So I'll give you an example. Mercedes-Benz was the first car company who put it in all of their satellite navigation systems as standard. So now you, you, know, you can go into any Mercedes dealership, buy a car and say to it, take me to Index Home Raft and it will take you to that three meter square, kind of no, no questions asked if you like. And I think that's when it starts to become really powerful that people don't need to have a separate app and they can just use the thing they were already using. And we're embedded in more and more and more of those. So I think it's about using us across all the parts of your life without thinking, which is where it becomes the most powerful. I think one of the reasons why it works so well for the emergency services, I would guess, I haven't spoken to them, but I would guess it's because it's such an easy user interface you know, someone who is not hugely tech savvy, who is scared because their nearest and dearest are in desperate need of an ambulance. I would assume it's pretty easy for the person on the other end of the phone to talk them through the process of finding their what three words. And then the fact that you've you've opened up the system to be added into other people's apps and technology, it's that easy user experience, which is creating that fast adoption. I think that's it. And to be honest, that was at the core of what we wanted to make was something which is really simple. And in so many of the codes that have been made before, whether it's latitude and longitude or other variants of this or big long alphanumeric codes, I think people often have over-engineered them in the past thinking, 
well, you know, if we design it like this, and then there's another layer for something a bit less accurate, and this is for more accurate, the average consumer doesn't want to have to learn a system. The average consumer just wants something which is so breathtakingly simple that they can't get it wrong. And that's what that's what I think we're, we're trying to do. And as you say, even if people haven't heard of what three words, there are ways, and for example, there's even a link which a lot of the emergency services use, where then the person receives the link, clicks it, even if they've never heard of what three words or got the app, and it will simply show them the three words on the screen, which is a really nice way to get that three meter square. And you haven't got to teach someone how the whole thing works. So I think as much as we do, which focuses on simplicity, and, and I say that because often we're recommended to add a fourth word to check it or add something for height or add something to in some way expand the system. But actually saying no to most product changes or enhancements or adjustments I think is is the core of just keeping something which is really simple. That makes me think of the Google homepage screen. They apparently have someone who is in charge of keeping everything off the Google homepage because the beauty and its power is in the fact it's basically just a search box. That's it. Whilst it sounds sort of, on one hand, surprisingly easy, people are very persuasive or argumentative as to what why our product should be differently designed in some ways. And you know, we do sometimes just double take and go, no, actually, it, it is right the way it is. And, and we're really, really happy with that. And, and it does the job very well. And I think truly, if, if you want to have global adoption of uh, something or, or national adoption, then you need to make sure that even those who are not tech savvy feel that your product is for them and it's not something for, you know, techies or something like that. It has to feel universally accessible. Preparing to interview you for this podcast, I was quite astounded by how long What Three Words has been around because I feel like it's only really come into my awareness in maybe the last 18 months or so. I say that because it, it strikes me there's there's so much potential yet to be embraced. And one of the industries that's recently been embracing the potential is the e-commerce world. So are there any particular ways you found e-commerce businesses and e-commerce suppliers making use of it? You're absolutely right. You know, we founded the business eight years ago, but for a lot of the first few years, it was development of the system. It was getting it into other languages because it's not just English. We do 48 different languages you can use it in and making sure that we, we actually had a set of, if you like, business products for people to integrate. And so as you point out in the last couple of years, that's when momentum's really got going. And then we started spending more time on consumer awareness so that people understand the system and then the businesses integrate. So um, the e-commerce side has really taken off, I guess, since back at the beginning of the pandemic. So many businesses were starting to do e-commerce just to stay afloat mm -hmm. and putting up putting up pages on their websites very, very quickly going, look, we'll just deliver this to your house. And in many cases, for let's say regional suppliers around the UK, doing the deliveries themselves. And so they were coming to us going, actually, we're finding it really inefficient driving around rural areas, getting totally lost. Can we put what three words on our checkout page so that people can give it to us and then we'll make the delivery in much uh, far quicker time? And um, so our, our plugin, if you like, we have this e-commerce plugin or set of plugins for all of the popular platforms, suddenly popped up on hundreds and hundreds of checkout pages very, very quickly. And then that compounded into Hermes, um, which I think is now the biggest delivery company in the UK after Royal Mail, actually putting a dedicated field in their app saying, add your what three words address in here, which now anyone can do. And it has just made such a big difference for all the times people were complaining um, and because they were relying on the postcode or, or whatever else you have to use. Of course, if, if you don't have a what three words 
And the Hermes brand endorsement has been fantastic. We're now seeing a lot of the other really big logistics companies following suit. They've done a bunch of tests recently and we'll be making some announcements as, as some more of them come on board. But really, if you if you think about it, we're we're typing in what amounts to this kind of free text bunch of info that someone's got to figure out to still deliver something. You know, in, in an age where everything is hyper, hyper optimized, typing in a sort of set of you know free text for where we live just feels so outdated. And so I really hope and believe that the, the traction we've seen over the last 18 months will continue now we're out of the pandemic with more and more e-commerce and logistics companies putting in more three words. It's got to be a good thing for the couriers as well, because the training loop for a new courier driver is a lot easier because they're not having to go, oh, on this route, here's all the weirdness of this route. They just go, here's all your what three words pieces. I think that's it. I mean, I, I know in, in the States, one of the big firms, I forget which one, they only do right turns or only left. I forget which one it is. You know, you're going at that kind of granular optimization to shave seconds off a route. And then you sort of get to the destination bit and everything can go wrong again if you're in one of those places. And it's not just rural areas. Um, you know, where I'm sitting now in my office in London, uh, when we order food, it generally turns up on the A40 flyover motorway, uh, which is sort of geographically close to where we are, but there's no way you can actually receive it here. And it's just such a pain. And then they have to come all the way back round. And where I live in Hertfordshire, we, we do have the problem that so many others face. My mum ordered her groceries online for the first time during the pandemic. And she, she ordered sort of two sets from two providers. One of them, uh, we, we kind of put the what three words into the address, onto the notes. And they found her first time, which she was over the moon about. And the other one called and as, as always go, well, I'm by the church. I can't really see where you might be. And her heart kind of sank. And then she has to get out into the road, which she doesn't want to do. I think this is just so familiar to so many people who struggle with getting deliveries. And especially now when you've got to be in at a certain time, both the consumer and the business, there's, there's so much to be gained. And with, with some of the companies we've worked with who've wanted to actually quantify those savings, it's come out, you know, some say 15% of the time, some say 25, some say 30% of the time when they kind of A-B test what three words versus regular addresses. So the actual savings are huge in time. That also translates into money savings, of course. And then, you know, if you think about CO2 and fuel emissions, um, there's a there's a huge environmental impact as well. So I think for all of those reasons, everybody should be thinking about, well, actually, for this one simple field I can add into my process for, for an e-commerce flow, why wouldn't I do this? It just ticks so many boxes. You know, there's the we've got the quantifiable time, money, and carbon, which are important to everyone in the supply chain, from you know the retailer who's selling the goods right the way through to the consumer who's receiving them. And we've got the fact that you know the customer's happier, so they're going to be happier with the courier company, happier with the retailer, more likely to recommend, more likely to buy again. And you know, one of the big things we've seen coming out of everything that's happened in the last eighteen months is that consumers care so much more about the carbon impact of what they're doing and anything that we can do to reduce. It. You know, like like you're, the example you said about the the food delivery truck ending up on the A40 flyover. It's crazy. That in the in 2021 that can happen, but you can immediately see how that uses up a lot more carbon, uses up a lot more time, is more inefficient, and it's it's just it just seems such a an obvious step for us all to move forwards. I think so. The postcode, for example, and and addresses themselves are one of the legacy pieces of tech that we've still hung on to all this time. I mean, if you think like there's 14 church roads in London. 
um, you know, that was probably done in I don't know, the 1700s or something. Would, would you do that now? Name the same road in the same town 14 times? Probably not. Um, yet we're having to just sort of make do with these legacy systems because they kind of did well enough for a while. And, you know, the, the postcode is a wonderful thing, but it was invented to sort mail. I don't think anybody ever envisaged putting it into a GPS-enabled device for navigation was just not on the briefing list, I think, in the 1950s uh, when when people came up with it. So we're, we're trying to use things for things they weren't intended for. And, and I do think it's odd that in 2021, um, they've managed to hang on so long. But it, it feels like now is the time that we can and should be precise in how we use um, addresses, which is what, what we were trying to do across the world when we just want to arrive somewhere. And hopefully that's, that's where we're going. I hope so too. But I, I think when you say about, you know, the postal address is not fit for purpose for deliveries, then you start to think what layers is the postal address fit for? And I, you know, so you get kind of like personal identity when it comes to finance and, you know, taking the credit card as you go through the checkout process. So then my brain starts going, well, I wonder if we reach a point where we're applying for financial things with a what three words rather than a postal address. We're already exploring that um, with, a, with a few people. For, for one thing, in, in many countries where uh, there are just towns where there is no sort of government assigned postal address, so you've got to use something. And to date, they use things like uh, a map, which is obviously not optimal. But yes, that is how it's actually evolved, is that your postal address is more like a kind of unique identifier for things like credit rating and to sort of go, actually, yes, this person lived here and for, for land registry ID and all this kind of stuff. But in terms of the actual... Uh, a delivery or B, just someone wants to arrive, is not that useful. Since we sort of started moving around again in London post pandemic, have I, have I gone to two places in central London with in brackets entrance not on Devonshire Street, entrance on Devonshire Place or something? And, and again, it's sort of like this just feels very backwards in a multitude of ways, but hopefully now is the time. You were saying other countries where the postcode isn't already there in place, they're starting to look at what three words as a way of doing that personal identity piece. The first world, we have the landline system and we had the landline internet system and then we shifted to mobile and laid that over the top. Whereas in the more developing world, they jumped straight to the mobile internet and that's their normal. I wonder if we'll see that in those countries in terms of they, they leap past postcodes and go straight to something more precise. The UK has the most granular postcode system out of all the countries in the world. And in a way, you're right, it, it sort of did us well enough for a while that there probably wasn't the biting need because people were sort of getting by. Um, but then when you think of other countries, you haven't got that. So, for example, one of the ones we um, started working in a while back was Mongolia. They never really properly developed their address system. And it was so appealing to the postal service there there was one of the board members who, who brought us into the country who said, look, this is just going to transform how we can do things here because we don't have time and the resource to actually go house by house. It's expanding so fast there, a lot of the urban areas that they just didn't have the ability to make an address system. So he just said, why don't we just adopt what through us today and get on with it? And then at least when people just need something to go to, to the right place in Mongolia, they can use the three words, which are, of course, in Mongolian as well as, as as English, it's one of our forty eight languages. And then we found that you know the biggest bank in Mongolia called Khan Bank adopted us too. The emergency services there have done the same thing. So we're kind of making our way around all of these government services. And even the most recent Lonely Planet Guide to Mongolia has added 
the three word address for every single place in the guidebook because the author got there and was like, okay, this is basically the de facto addressing system. And so actually it's going to make life much easier to put it in the guidebook. It just showed us again with this idea that we came up with. If you've got something, it just means that people will leapfrog doing it the old fashioned way, which is now, I think, too expensive and useful in some ways, don't get me wrong, but just not, not what's needed for the exploding on-demand economy in so many developing nations. The other thing which postcodes are obviously used a lot for in the UK in the, the marketing and the e-commerce space is data analysis and research and, and customer profiling and outreach and all those kind of, you know, we talk about our ABCD customers. That's something I can see probably more slowly shifting than the financial side of things, but I could see that shifting to a what three words model as well to become more precise too. If you have a three-word address for a location, then you can always you know, aggregate zonally or however you want to do it. You, you can absolutely do it by postcode, but the postcode system always, for me, feels odd for those kind of uses, which I'm guessing it wasn't designed to do. In the middle of a town, you'll have them all sort of clumped together, whereas in the countryside, they cover these vast areas. And it still does seem a bit odd to have to sort of um, work with those two. But look, if, if it works for, for zonal data uses, that's great. But I think what we're trying to do is say, well, look, start off with a three meter square. You can always do what you want with it and get more, zoom out a bit if you like, but you can't go far wrong if you start with three meter accuracy. Indeed, you can't. Well, look, Chris, it has been absolutely fascinating chatting with you. I could quite happily future spin out other ideas, uh, but I think we quite quickly get off the topic of e-commerce and possibly go a little bit too future focused. It's been brilliant hearing about all the ways in which What Three Words is helping shape our future and our present for the better. Thank you so much for sparing the time to be a part of this Future Focus UK Expo podcast series. Thank you, Chloe. Thanks for listening to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series. Look out for more podcasts in the series or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you want to stay up to date with all things UK Pavilion, links to our social media channels can be found in the episode description.